Here we go. Okay. Energy. Myself energized. I'm sagging. Okay. That's a good. That's a good blooper. That's a good blooper. You're listening to episode 68 of Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus mountains of Russia. I'm your host, Andrew. And I'm your host, Eli. Welcome back. We are back in the saddle, back in the groove. So we released a couple weeks ago, and we're releasing again. Yeah. So be at ease. March Madness at Caucus Talk. But we're pre-recording, so can't say anything intelligent about it. But what we can say something intelligent about is the culture of the Caucasus. That's what we are here for. We want to, as foreigners living locally, our our goal is to take a deep dive into local culture, uh, the local milieu, and just bring out, unpack, yeah, beautiful aspects of life in the North Caucasus. Yeah, and most for most people, even including us, your source of information on different parts of the world is news outlets which often report just about the gloom and the doom. Yeah. And so we are, um, we want to do the opposite. We're uh, not really um, reporters, as you can tell. Uh, But what we are is like people who rub shoulders with people left and right. So we're in the, we left off with a little mini series in the fall called uh, a daily a life in the uh, a day in the Caucasus life. I got it. There it is. There it's called it is. a day in the Caucasus life, which is taking kind of dissecting and looking into really normal things that happen every day in our yes. lives and finding what's in them. The fact is, you can do this everywhere, right, Andrew? Like yes, everything yes, that we do is true. packed with meaning from the way that you interact with people in the line at Starbucks to how you drive to what you dress your kids in. Like if you start looking at it and just asking questions about it, you could learn a ton about yourself, which you probably already know, but you don't know at all. So that's, what's fun. (laughs) That's where we come in. We help you know (laughs) it all. So because we're outsiders, a lot of things that don't, people don't notice here. Like you, we don't notice our daily things just stand out to us. Like what? Why are you doing that? Why are you saying that? And it's really fun. So that's why we're continuing. This is uh, part four of a day in the Caucasus life. So where are we going today, Andrew? uh, We're going to talk about the things people say, um, common phrases you hear often that we really want to break down more um, and kind of try to get behind the meaning of them. But before we do that, I have two great stories of Caucasus hospitality from daily life that I experienced this past month. Oh, I, I love have to it. share them. Story time is Uncle Andrew. <clears throat> I'm, I'm getting yes. my, my cup of chai. Um, so often the best stories happen when you're a guest here. Yes. And um, here, this is these sound effects for being a guest. Ready? The <laughs> disgusting. There. <laughs> we will not throw under the bus that local coffee provider you're drinking. <laughs> no, I mean um, my making the sound in the mic, not the. <laughs> Not the drink. Okay. So uh, I attended, uh, I think it was my fifth Caucasus wedding this past month, but it was my first Ingush wedding. Yeah. uh, In in Ingushetia. And uh, it was awesome being there. Um, uh, My good friend Abdullah got married. And I'm going to use his name because, like, this is just a great story that reflects well on him. So. Abdullah, first of all, congratulations. Abdullah, our good friend, got married. Um, and uh, he's, he lives in Grozny, 
mother is Chechen, father is English. Wedding mm-hmm. was actually in Ingushetia. So it's like all these like dynamics. <laughs> but um, I was at the wedding as one of the foreign guests. And there was this other guy there, this Swiss guy from Switzerland. What? And, uh, you know, Abdullah has, uh, we were not the only ones too, by the way, but Uh. Abdullah, because he works in tourism, he has lots of, you know, business partners and friends. And, um, but if you remember Eli, he's like the guy in Grozny, the number one couch surfing guy. Oh, that Abdullah, that's going to change his couch surfing life. (laughs) Hopefully, but listen to what happened. Um, he, just let's build the basket here. How do we do this in the States, Eli? For an American wedding. Yeah. Uh, how does the invite list work? How's the invite list invite? Oh, like I would guess the, either the bride and the groom or sometimes the brides, whoever's putting on the wedding, like they, yeah. but everyone gets their names together and you go through and you're like, do we want them to come or not? Yes. You, you pick and choose and you like put people on the list and you take people off the list. And you've got I the mean, B list and you're like, uh, you remember how they acted at Peggy's wedding? Yeah. I don't know if we want them, <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. Well, and then the invites get sent way in advance Oh, and yeah. then you need RSVPs because often at weddings in America, you have to pay by the person. It's really expensive running the venue and oh, the man. caterer. So, like, this is a huge deal. It often brings conflict up among, like, <laughs> the, the fiancés. No. Well, check this out. Uh, Abdullah, two days before the wedding, on oh couch gosh. surfing, gets I a can't. request from this Swiss guy I, I can't. to I come stay with him. I'm gonna, I have to leave. <laughs> this is, I can't even handle this. Abdullah immediately says... Yes, you can stay with me. And the day you're getting here, I'm getting married. So you'll be a guest at my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It, it blew my mind. Like that would not happen where we're from. I just wish we could like show an expression of the fiance's face at this moment. Like what? Maybe she's all in. It's, Maybe she's like, hey, no, she I'm is all in because it's here. It's all about. The hospitality that is and like the spont the spontaneity of it, the last minute minuteness of it. We, like, we say their hospitality sh- has no limits or knows no bounds, and like yet again, we're sitting here slack jawed, having lived here for years. Like you did what? Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, it was respect to Abdullah. You're a better man than I am. And the Swiss <laughs> guy came. Situation. I love that the Swiss guy came. He's like, great. Yeah, he loved it. I get, a, I get to well, and like, a couch and a wedding. That's great. Of course, he'll always remember that and like cherish his visit to Ingushetia and Chechnya, you know? Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So uh, that was one. I'm a little bit jealous. Um, not sure how you can top that story, but so know, we were uh, guests recently at some good Kabardian friends of ours. Uh, they live in a village outside of Pitigorsk, not far away from Pitigorsk and um, we were visiting them. You know, they love our son, Jonathan. He's uh, two years old and very lovable, you know, the male heir and all that stuff. And at, <laughs> at that age in general, two, two, two year old boys are really cute. And um, the grandma in that family who's in her, uh, I think, I think she's 78, but um, she, I, I think Jonathan was like coughing or something that night. Uh-oh. And so she said to her son, who's kind of, he's the man in the house. He's like 50, 50, 
she said, Ramzan, call your brother uh, who lives in that village and is also in his 40s. She said, call him, tell him to come milk our cow and give them this milk for Jonathan to drink and that'll make him healthier. What? And so next thing I know, uh, her son, her adult son is at the house milking the cow. What time of Jonathan. day or night is this? It was like eight o'clock in the evening. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh man. So we took the milk home and drank it. That was some good fresh milk. I'll bet it was. Did Jonathan but get like, better? Um, let's just say yes. I let's don't really remember that. the details, <laughs> but, uh, again, like it just blew me away. Like the second there was a need, we will do anything for our guests. Got on the phone, made it happen. Andrew, and your like, stories even, are just through the roof, man. Well, it's just, it's not like I make these things happen, you know? Like, I know, you it's to, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, anyways. So respect to our Kabardian friends. Um, anyways. That's really you cool. You guys are teaching us how to do it. That's so, right. Those are great stories. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's dive in. Uh, Daily, what is it? A daily caucus? We can't a remember. Day in the caucuses life. Yes. Yeah. And the things people say. So um, we've lived here uh, five years uh, in Pitigorsk. And there are certain phrases when you, the more you interact with local people, that you hear more and more regularly. And um, there's four I want to pull out today for you and I to discuss. And Eli, I really got this idea from you. Uh-huh. Uh huh. In a recent. Um, episode, you said, if this is how you become an ethnographer, just oh. <laughs> wherever you're, you're located, just pay attention to things happening around you. And when you start seeing like things repeat or patterns, yeah, then you see that's important in that context. Right. Unless it's like, you know, a uh, beautiful mind, you know, where he sees patterns where there aren't patterns and then you're just crazy, but there are patterns. And if you see ones that do exist, then you're good. Yes. Yeah, so I've got <laughs> nice. I've got four phrases I want us to discuss. There's so many. Um, phrases are like they're little bundles. They're little like I in my mind they're like little tightly wound sort of glowing bundles that people toss back and forth that like are just loaded with unseen meaning. I don't know why they were glowing. I probably shouldn't have said that. But so <laughs> what are your a phrase I'm really interested to get into this. Yes. And I will say, I think these probably apply in the rest of Russia too. Maybe not as much as they do here, but for our listeners, I'll be interested to hear, is there some crossover uh-huh. um, if you have non-Caucasus experience in Russia? So the first one is, uh, in Russian, the phrase is, Same главный здоровье детей. <laughs> and tra- translated that is that your children's health is the most important thing. Yes. So um, this often, like when you get to know somebody or like your kids are there or like you're, you know, somebody and they're asking, which they often do. How are your children? Are they healthy? They'll often, often those questions go together. I'm sorry. How are they e- doing? Yeah. Are every, they- every time I get a text from someone I haven't heard from for like a week or a voice message more commonly, it's like, Elias, how are you? How are your children? I mean, it's just part of the opening bundle of greetings. And it's not yes. just, you know, it's like us to ask. It's more than like they're asking, you know? Right. 
Yeah. And so, um, but people often say this here the most, and if you say, yeah, everybody's healthy, we're doing well, that's great. Um, the most important thing is that your kids are healthy. Um, and they'll often say that like, you know, when a baby was born, um, is the baby healthy? That's great. The most important is, is that thing is that the baby's healthy. Yes. And what's amazing to me is like, you know, we were at the university a couple of years um, here in our city and like students who are not married and who do not have children, they are saying these same things. Um, and so that to me really showed like these are deeply in, ingrained. They're, they're ingrained. They're passed down. Yes. Yes. So like what, I mean, Eli, when you hear that, like, and you've experienced this a lot too, um, mainly because of how many children you have. (laughs) Um, but like, what do you think that says about the Caucasus? Oh, I mean, it says so, it says so much. I mean, I think you're right that in a lot of cultures that are more in touch with, with traditional roots and structures than the West tends to be, um, how your family unit is functioning and doing means a lot for your daily, like day-to-day sustenance and work being done. I mean, just on that level, like, yes, we're not, well, some of your friends are milking cows. Uh, Most of us are not milking cows um, most days. But this Uh idea, I, I would say it's not so much getting work done around the house, but like conceiving of the family as a contiguous unit that that the the bonds of which are stronger than any other bonds right now there there are you know there are bonds thicker than blood in but but here like well not uh, here in the caucuses i mean knowing who your family is generations back knowing where your family is i'm imagining this blob that even if parts of it move around, the blob stays connected in stretches. Okay, right. that's not helpful. I'll probably cut that. But <laughs> <laughs> so I guess what I'm saying, first of all, is I think that this concept of family unit is is different from what tends to be a more atomized, individualistic view of people in a family in the West to be really uh, stereotypical, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's great. I think, too, um, this this is a society that where children are really valued, but it's not a children child centric society. That is a really Um, important distinction. I don't want to gloss over that. Unpack it a little bit. Well, um, even like probably if you went around the world and asked people, um, what's the point of getting married? You know, some parts of the world, people would probably say, Oh, it's all about like the closeness of the, it's it's about love between the husband and the wife. Right. Others would say it's about having children and like raising a family, you right. know? Those are really different things. <laughs> and I, I definitely would say here in the Caucasus, I think I think that's reflected in this statement that like the purpose of marriage and, and like is to have a family and raise the next generation and have children. I mean, I've you know? never ever I can't recall any any hint of negativity about having a big family here. Right. Yeah. You're right. I think it shows the importance of children um in society here and even like that is a question in the US with my closest friends. It's not the first thing I ask them when I'm catching up with them. I don't ask them how right. their children are doing. Right. Uh, eventually we'll get to that question. Right. Um but like I usually am asking 
How are you doing? You know? Right. And let me throw in a, uh, just a caveat here. I think it's important to point out, like, what we're talking about right now is not, of like, an, in an absolute sense, like, which cult- culture loves their children more or who's, like, which culture, you know, who are better parents or something. It's really not a, a, a qualitative thing like that. It's more just, like, a cultural form. Like, how do these things surface? Because... I I think everywhere people love their children and want the best for them, but they just don't yeah. uh, you know talk about it the same way. So I want to make sure we're not sounding like oh, you know, in this place versus that place, you know, people are don't love their kids or something. Yeah, no, that's a really good distinction. Um, I like multiple times, you know, if I'm getting to know somebody, often this is in taxis. Um, a person will ask me. Oh, do you have any kids? And I'll say, yeah, actually, uh, I've got a seven-year-old, five-year-old, and two-year-old. Uh, and then I'll start talking about, you know, them or something else. And often they'll interrupt and say, "May God give them health." That's great. Yep. Like they all want to seize that moment to like tell me they want the best for my kids, you know. And sure. um, it really is cool. Um, yeah, that's kind of a good segue to your second point because I think how you talk about other people's children is part of a, a bit of a larger pattern. Yes. 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 So the second one, uh, is, um, in Russian, it would be, or just to shorten it, or sick blog. And the translation of that is, I wish you the very best. Um, may, you know, everything work out for you. Um, Yes. So, th- I mean, this is out, yeah. very regular kind of jargon or kind of phrasage verbiage you'll sure. hear here in the yep. Caucasus. And um, it's often as you are kind of parting ways with people. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be with a close friend or just acquaintance you just made. Um, but often people want to like end it, in the, end it on a positive note and kind of wish you the best. This is huge at like in the toasting culture, which is definitely, I think from the Soviet union. Um, yeah, people are giving, you know, very extravagant wishes and well wishes and hopes and dreams. Um, it's very, it's very interesting because we have, there, there definitely exists in American English, you know, wish you the best, all the best. um, and even have a good day, like have a nice day is a, yeah. is a form of well-wishing. Yes. Have, um, that's probably what we say the most in America is have a good day. Right. Or even have fun. And so there's this, there's a, I would say that's the, it's a similar thing. I would just say that kind of the language around our well-wishing has severely atrophied so huh. that there are a few phrases that we use, but it's not really, you know, central. and. When it comes to toasting, I mean, people take classes in toasting <laughs> because what do you say in a toast? Huh. You're like, you want it to be authentic, but you want to say something nice. I think if, for my experience, I don't know about you, Andrew, when I started hearing toasts here, my kind of uh, gut reaction was like a huge eye roll and like, you have to be kidding me. Yeah. I mean, they sounded so <laughs> fluffy and over the top, I was like, this cannot possibly be serious. Right. And it is, you know, it's just their style. 
Like well, the fluffier, and, the better. Well, and like my wife and I realized this when our kids went to preschool here is they begin doing that when they're two and three. Um, like who, our, who begin the kids start toasting the tea. Well, <laughs> on kids' birthdays, like, yes, one, yes, one, yes, yes. One of our daughters had a birthday. So we like, you know, we brought cupcakes for everybody. And then they had, I think it was Hannah, Hannah. No, it was Elise had her stand in the middle. The kids were in a circle and the teachers said, all right, who wants to like give their Jelania or their well wishes to Elise for her birthday? And it was adorable. Cause it's like, four and five-year-olds and they're like, Oh man, I wish that you would be the most beautiful girl in the whole world. And like, I wish that you would be uh, obedient to your parents, like stuff like that. You know, <laughs> at which point was, a large really man cute. in the background said, I second that. <laughs> Andrew, oh, sorry. No, but Christy and I, that was a aha moment for us. Cause we realized, right. Oh, this, they're taught this as children. It's modeled for them and they're taught how to do it. You know? And, and then it just is ingrained. Like I remember in our, in our university classes, when we got to well-wishing, our teacher would sort of pantomime holding a glass and, and she would take on this sort of silly, not silly, <laughs> but sort of a sing-songy voice, like, I wish you all, and sort of go through all the things that you can wish, which to me meant like, it's a formula. We know it's a formula, but we use it and we mean it. You know, it's, yeah. it's not like so formulaic that we don't even say it anymore, but, um, that could be its whole own episode, man. Uh, toasting. toasting. Yeah, it, it definitely could. And I think it, I think it shows there's a, there's a place for that in Russian and Caucasus society and you can pull it out at any moment and people will stop what they're doing and let you have the floor because they value yes. that. And I, I actually yeah. think for a lot of people, it might be the only time they get that like verbal affirmation from somebody, you know? So I want to talk about verbal affirmation a little bit because there's, I think there's a real deep nerve here about this and I'd like to know what you think about it. The idea of well-wishing or blessing is ancient. You know, it's like as ancient as the human race. And if you look at ancient texts, be they religious or even historical there, you will find instances of very serious minded, um, wishes on people, be they positive or negative. And in the fairy tale version, you have, you have spells and curses, right? Huh, yeah. Certainly where we are, which is a predominantly Muslim area, but I think throughout the Caucasus, maybe throughout Russia, the, there is a worldview um, component of the worldview in which words are, have, a, have an invisible, real kind of weight and meaning to them. Huh. So yeah. I'm not sure how, what terms locals would use necessarily because there's religious terms and then there's sort of more just broadly cultural terms. But nevertheless, the idea that, that you can say something that itself has some meaning or effect is very real and alive here. Yeah. And I think in our kind of scientific materialistic worldview in the West, I don't mean materialistic like buying lots of shoes. I mean like that the world is only made of physical material rather than, you know, spiritual components writ large. That's sort of the, the Western point of view, you know, a word is like it's vibrations of air molecules that goes into your ear and is registered as meaning. And that's it. And unless you get into more of a religious discussion, that's it. 
But here, it's like you, it's, why does it matter that you say things? Because there is an effect. Yeah. And if you say something bad, there's an effect. Hmm. So, so even like if, if in the U.S. you might be like, oh, I don't know. Like I have discussions with people. It could be anything. But if you say like if and something bad, people here kind of freeze up like, no, 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 don't say that. And it feels like superstitious in the Western point of view, but here it's like, no, it's, it, you shouldn't do that. It's not wise because if you say, if this bad thing happens, it kind of can evoke it's actually occurring. Right. And likewise right. with positive things. Yeah. I mean, there's probably, we probably could dive way deeper on this one too. Like what are the roots of that? You know? Well, and it ties in with the health of your children hmm. because if if you say nothing, you're saying something. Yeah. You know, and I'll just add here, there's definite view of like, of, of negative well-wishing and, 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 and not just in Dagestan, but, but where we were in Pitygorsk with you, I remember, you know, sort of the, the, the spitting thing, right? Yeah. Yep. Like if you talk about something potentially good happening, people go, and this is, this is all over the place. This is, this, you know, certainly this happened throughout Central with my Asia. Yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so the the t -t 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 is spitting. So they're spitting. And I don't totally know all the meaning of it, but it's sort of like people will spit on, on children when they're like, oh, you're so beautiful. T -t 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 -t. And the idea is you spit on them so that they are no longer attractive to evil spirits and evil spirits won't yeah. come and plague them. And I mean, that, that clarify, idea is, is all over the place. There's not like fluid going from their mouth onto the kid's face, <laughs> but they make the noise. Yeah. If you've ever seen my big fat Greek wedding, which is an old but awesome cross-cultural movie. Yes. When they get married, you've got like, you've got the American guy and then you've got the Greek, American Greek family. And so it's this clash of cultures. And when she walks down the aisle, all the Greek side is spitting on her. And the American <laughs> guy's family are all over there with these just horrified looks on their faces. Uh, like, what is wrong with these people? They're, you know, quietly she's walking down in her beautiful dress like, oh, <laughs> When you <laughs> and if you don't what's know what's ironic? going on, you're like, oh. did she just spit on my kids? Like, oh, you're a beautiful baby. So this morning I had a conversation with um, the administrator of our office building and she, her yeah. son is, was severely sick last week. And one thing she did was that she, and it was rapid fire. I, I mean, I must have like been super tuned in because she was talking like the micro machines man <laughs> about her son's health. And she said, you know, something like, you know, he's better now. And she kept doing that without a pause. Like, and it was just a reflex that she had. Yeah. So I think, I think there's a lot behind yeah. it that people aren't even really aware that they're carrying when it comes to these kind of well wishings here. That's good, man. Um, I think too, it shows, uh, it's like one thing, any person can contribute positively to somebody else, you know? Mm. And like, even if you feel helpless to like help, you know, financially in a situation or with, um, you know, vocationally or, um, socioeconomically, but like totally. everybody at the table is kind of an equal and can like pronounce Man, something that's positive. That's a great you know? observation. So, that's really um, good. That's really good. You know, I'm just going to go with this because this is so interesting. You're getting my little, 
my my <laughs> synapse is firing. That was the goal. <laughs> in in funerals, we do the same thing. Like when someone dies, I would probably, if I were Russia, I'd do something like to, or like say something now. <laughs> if someone dies, God forbid, something right that kind of thing. Um, I mean, I don't know about you, but in the West, like we just we just don't. No one knows what to do. Everyone feels awkward and they want to be with a person and they don't know what to say. And the person who's grieving, they don't know what they want people to say. It's like, I feel like we still haven't really hammered that part of our (laughs) cultural life out. But one thing that we fall back on, the only time we use this word is condolences. Yep. And when you don't know what to say, you can confidently walk up, hug, shake hands, greet, whatever, and just say, we give you our sincerest condolences for your loss. Yeah, yeah. And what is that? It's like no one can do anything to change what has happened, but if you don't do anything, that's really heartless. Why? It's like, I've got I've to be present somehow. How can I be present to this? And, huh. and it's like, oh, we have this word. We have this thing that we can offer. And I, right. it's like that idea multiplied here. I think yeah. you're really right on, Andrew. Something mm-hmm. everyone can offer. By the way, in Russian, they use that word condolences at funerals, and it's the, it's the only context you can use that word into. Sabalizny, um, is that what it is? Sabalizdavanya, yeah. Sabalizdavanya, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and it's same, like, I give you my condolences, right? Isn't that how they phrase it? Yep, yeah. My, yep. my Sabalizdavanya, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Man, okay. So, uh, health of your children, wishing you the best. Well, each of these need their own episode, Eli. Your synapses are firing. and I'm putting my caffeinated drink aside. More content for 2020. This is going <laughs> to carry us into the future. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm going to skip to the, the fourth I have listed here, and yep. then we'll, we'll go back to the third. So the fourth okay. is one. You hear this all over Russia, but it's the simple phrase, uh, daibog or ni daibog. And then mm. it'll often be followed by kind of a wish uh, or a non-wish, but it means may God give you something or God forbid that happen. And so yep. like often, uh, you know, we'll go back to number one, healthier children. People will say, Dai bog, uh, so may God give your children health yeah. uh, or, you know, need I bog like, Need I will get the slutilis. Like if you're talking about something that bad that could have happened, may God forbid, right. God forbid totally. that would ever happen. Um, yep. And but, they say the exact same thing here. They say die Allah because that's the word they use for Allah. And the exact same thing, exact same context. Yeah. 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 So um, this one is real fascinating to me because um, people of, of most religious persuasions and people who are not religious at all use it. Mm-hmm. They use the name of God to either give a well wish or to like speak to you that they hope something doesn't, something bad doesn't happen. Sure. Yeah. Um, what are your synapses telling us, telling you about this? <laughs> Eli? It's like, what does the magic eight ball say? I don't know. I think this one's very relatable. I think to most people, um, a, a snapshot came to mind of, even in the most kind of, you know, the one of the faux pas in American culture is bringing religious or personal life into a public sphere where it's not supposed to be. 
And I, I most recently right. am kind of connecting this in academia. Like if you give me an academic paper or something like religion has no, unless it's about religion, like religion does not belong there and it wouldn't be appropriate to say something religious or even in that context, it's like, what does God have to do with this? That's a different conversation. That's my view, sort of yeah. how it feels. But even in that context, if someone wants to add emphasis that is like hints at a real heartfelt thing, not just sort of, you could say like, God forbid, you know, you could say, and this God forbid, and, and people feel that like, oh yeah. You know, and they're like, yeah, yeah, that, and it's a punctuation Hmm. that carries a certain kind of, a special kind of weight. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I think in the West, like I'm from the South and like, it's very common to hear people say, God bless you. Um, I mean, often, sometimes people say that when you sneeze. Uh, sure. They'll say, bless you. It's the shortened version of God bless you. But like, mm-hmm. that's kind of a neutral phrase people will use that mm-hmm. is not really going to throw people off their rocker one way or the other, you know, if you say mm-hmm. it. Um, right. And I think God forbid is the same thing, you know. Um, it's kind yeah. of a accept, commonly accepted phrase. Um, but that's my question here is mm. like, because I think people know the kind of the religious history of the Soviet Union, like it was um, kind of a proclaimed atheist state for 70 years. Right. Um, now there's official state religions, Christianity, Islam, and Buddhism. Um, and m- many people uh, will tell you like what their religious affiliation is. It's not to say if they're, you know, devout or sure uh, nominal. But- but right. Just their, their identification. Yes. Yes. So, um, this, this phrase is really ingrained in Russian and Caucasus society. And I mean, we could probably do an episode on this one, having a local, like break it down for us, you know? Well, it's really funny. I, there's, you know, I think it's similar here that you, you observed the guys with the mustaches in Dagestan and how yes. sort of the old guard of the Soviet influence. And then there's sort of a clean break or there's a transition to a younger guard that identifies more strongly with Islam and there's bigger beards and this sort of different style. And you can also get a feel when someone says something like that. Like there's the person who says, God bless you. And you're like, Oh, they maybe were sort of nominally religious. And then there's people like in the U S when they say, they'll say, God bless you in a way that it's like, Oh, they want me to know that they're really devout. And they're, you know, you know what I mean? It's like they're, they're saying that. And it's the same thing here where some people just sort of throw it out as a polite phrase. Um, and other people will be like, I want you to know that I'm like, I'm reflecting my devoutness. Um, and one place I've Hmm. seen it here is a similar phrase, but it's Rad Alaha. It'll be, and that means for the, for the. For God's, it's sort of like for God's sake, but it's not quite as exasperated sounding. It's like right. for the joy of God, rad alaha kama, <laughs> and it's usually on road signs like don't litter. <laughs> it's like oh, wow. for God's sake, don't litter. That's <laughs> what the road <laughs> sign is basically saying. Or like rad alaha, don't use this place for a bathroom. And and it it's sort of says invoking, that in Russian. Yeah. Wow. But what you'll find is certain neighborhoods will have a bunch of these signs. Oh, interesting. And other places won't have it, like the neighborhood committee or whomever. They're like, let's put these signs up. And they're, it's, again, it's sort of invoking the heavyweight. It's like, look, we don't want you yeah. to throw trash here, but like for the, lo- for the love of God, that's what it is. 
It's like the, that's the yes. best equivalent. Yes, like, yes, for the yes, love yes. of God. And that, well, that is fascinating. I've never seen a sign like that in the Caucasus. I think yeah. in that context, that's definitely a, at least the, the intention is positive, like for the love of God, because you yes, love him, it's don't not do this. an exasperation. But it's you like, hear, yes. here often, I hear people say all the time, like, Radi Boga, like, for God's sake, don't do that. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. for God's yeah, yeah. sake, of course that can happen. And that is much right. more of a flippant, like, kind of just phrase people use. So I don't know if they're just like changing the name and it's the same kind of flippancy of like, well, we're adding emphasis, but we're doing it in an Islamic way, using Allah. Or if it's trying to communicate, like, we're really religious in this community and these things are important. I don't know. It's, I mean, the first time we read it, we're like, does that say what I think it says? Like, for the love of God, don't throw your trash here. Yeah. You should ask, you should ask some of your local friends. I should. Yeah. I haven't thought about that recently. Yeah. um, I mean, this just shows we're both in the Caucasus and really different parts of the Caucasus. Um, Yeah. Yeah. You see things are different in each area. Um, Yeah. So, okay. Really rich. That's good. But again, I think it, you can, we can kind of wrap that one up by saying um, it's in general a way to do a kind of well wish to somebody. Um, yeah. Uh, yep. Not just me, like wishing your children health, but like may God give them health, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, last Good one. Time for your, yeah, time for your fourth one. This is a, this is a good one we got to bring up. Um, have to, because we get it every time we have a conversation. Th- this is the, one of the most common questions we're asked. Like when a person finds out we're from America immediately, they'll ask one or two questions. They'll say, um, if it's not a secret, why did you move here? Or they'll say that phrase. If it's not a secret. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Or, uh, where is it better here or there? Oh. Uh, Tamil is this. I mean, it makes me think they have to ask that question all the time about lots of places because that just falls out of their mouths immediately when I, when we talk about being from the U.S. Right, right. Um, so always, you know, that leads to interesting conversations. And you meet yeah. some people who, like, say, I would never want to move to the U.S. This is my homeland. Like, uh, and you meet others totally. who are like, I would go tomorrow if I could. You know, like... You, you meet everybody and people yep. often are generally interested, you know, it's what they see on the news, the reality. And I think that's a big part of it. Like I take for granted that just where I grew up, my exposure to more kinds of input from more places is way more than folks locally tend to have here unless they're able to travel. Right. Uh, you know, it just tends to be more insular culturally and otherwise. So they see movies, they know they're movies, but, and they see news, but it's like mostly Russian news. And yeah. so I think immediately they're like, are, are these things true? Is what we've heard true? <laughs> Who knows what they have in mind, you know, but like, is it, which, and then they're also, because a lot of people want to move to the U S or visit or whatever, it's very unusual that someone's going in the reverse direction. Right. And so, Immediately, they want to know, like, well, what do you think? Kakvams, yes, that's what I get all the time. How is it for you? Yes, here? yes, that I was going to bring that up because often when they say that phrase, um, they'll, with their hand, they'll kind of like gesture, gesture at the lay of the land, 
Yeah. No kak vam. How, yes. how, how is our, how is it here for you? And they say it with, there's kind of a puffing of the chest, like pride, like that you're here and this is my homeland. And like yeah. often that will lead to like people telling you like, Hey, if you ever need anything, here's my number. Call me. Like if I can ever help you with this or this, let me know. You know? That is true. And um, it's really, a, it's really a joy to be able to like authentically and honestly tell people things that I love about being here. Cause they just light up. I mean, who wouldn't, but they're so, they're so used to like we are to the polemic, you know, in the media that to just like sit face to face with someone from what seems like so far away and just like, yeah, it's great here. We, we, we love it here. And our family's here. They're like, Whoa, you know, it's just nice to be able to be in that position. Yeah. And like, the thing I often say now is uh, it's the equivalent of the grass is greener on the other side. Yes, but, uh, they have that here. They, what they usually say in Russian is "tam harasho gdienas nyet," yes, and uh, that translated as "it's it's better there where we are not." <laughs> yeah, and they also and say so, the grass is greener at your neighbors. I've heard that too. Uh, okay, but like. When you yeah. say that phrase to people, people immediately often are like, yeah, you're right. Like, of course, everywhere has its, you know, pros and yes. cons. Yeah. So listeners, um, I would love to hear from you if you think there are common phrases used in the Caucasus or even Russia at large that belong on this list. Oh, there's so many. I mean, yeah. There are so many, but not just common phrases, but common phrases that are particularly loaded or, or could really be unpacked, you know? Yeah. Like, cause you could even take the common phrase or the interchange in the, in English of like, hi, how are you? Fine. Like, what is up with that? Why is that yeah. our, our, our trope? Why are we always fine? What does that mean? You know, who are, there's some people we don't say that to. Why do we not say it to those people? And we do say it to others in what context, da, da, da. It's like. There's a lot there, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, especially locals. If you, we totally butchered these phrases, like what they actually mean, <laughs> please let us know. And, well, that's uh, why I didn't say many of them because it's on you, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But we, we often have gotten some great feedback from our local listeners. Um, so we would right. highly value that. Um, hey, shout out to Nabil in Ireland and Dublin. He was one of our listeners oh. who he specifically told us, I want to hear, uh, this series has got to continue. It's like really good, uh, look oh, into thanks, local Nabil. life. Awesome. So, um, awesome. thanks Nabil. Yeah. We're waiting for you to come yeah. visit. I've heard a lot of people say they really love it because it's so relatable too. you know? So I think we got one more up our sleeves before we're done. So keep right. listening. There's always one more of something up our sleeves. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, listeners, uh, thanks for, uh, enduring that long as always episode. Um, we, we love hearing from you as always. Um, so we haven't said this in a while cause we haven't been on the air in a while, but, um, please like our Facebook page. It's a just easy way to interact with us more caucus talk on Facebook, posting positive content a couple times a week. Um, email us, uh, if you want to be in touch podcast at caucus talk dot com and uh we love hearing from you so whether you live locally in another country bring it anywhere and and if you're listening through itunes 
Uh, please leave us a review there or on Stitcher or wherever else that you found us. The reviews really help us with visibility. Um, so, as you get, as you understand. And we love just to, to see what folks are thinking out there. So, thanks yeah. again for listening. Thanks so much. We'll see you next time.